It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, hello, everybody. How is it going? We are a little bit late today. Um, I'm usually on Blog Talk, and today Blog Talk is not working for me. It's a little slow because I have my mom's computer because my brother's is gone right now. So everything is a little behind schedule, like half an hour behind schedule. So. So. So we'll take this recording and we'll record it and then we're going to um, throw it onto Blog Talk when it's done. Okay, so starting, there's a couple things I want to talk about today. Um, one being, it's something I hear quite often and honestly it kind of makes me really sad that it's a thing. Um, trigger warnings, That's that's fun. Um, we'll be going over a couple things from a book that I'm currently powering through uh, from Phil Cargom, author of the Druid Animal Oracle. It's called Druid Mysteries, Ancient Wisdom for the 21st Century. Now, I'm looking to possibly join if I can start, you know, getting finances in order and starting that stuff. And I'd really like to join the order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids. It looks absolutely incredible. And uh, I've been looking, and there was even a video that I had watched from Patty Broussard talking about genetics and apparently Druidry, according to Patty's former Sergeant Patty Broussard and Karen McDonald, um, apparently Druidry was a form of magic. It wasn't just religion. It was a form of magic um, that was changed. But I can throw that video link up for you guys in the blog talk link when I get this downloaded and throw that up. Um for there, I can also throw it in the description here. Once this is done, I'll edit the description and throw it in there. All right. So, oh, and lastly, I want to go over some stuff from Mark Passio's recent um, seminar um, talking about, oh, uh, what is it called? He's talking about paradigm shift and a bunch of other some other bunch of other stuff. Episode two nineteen. I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I've gone back and personally I've started listening to the beginning of his podcast. It's quite a change. If you listen to his newest episodes compared to his oldest episodes, like he's quite, he's, he's changed a fair bit. And I mean, you can say that's good. You can say that's bad. I say it's interesting to watch it shift. All right. So we're going to start off with Mark Passio stuff. Because Mark Passio's stuff is really interesting. Um, he did a seminar. Um, I'm going to pull it up here, here for you guys. What is it called? Give me one second. Pop over to Facebook. You can go over to his profile. You can go to um, What on Earth is Happening. He has it there. He has a YouTube. He has it on his website, whatonearthishappening.com. I want to have him on at some point. Um, that would be good, I'd think. 
is he's very much full of information, and I think the thing I like the most about Mark is he just tells it how it is. He doesn't beat her on the bush, he doesn't, you know, deck her on for feelings and stuff. He just tells it how it is. So you can take that as it is, or you can walk away from it, come back later. You don't have to look at it at all. His presentation style is one that has gone quite interesting. Um, yes, episode 219, Tesla and Humanity's Missing Paradigm Shift Revisited. Um, video show with Mark Passio. He's been starting video shows, and he's been emphasizing that folks need to start learning how to use things like BitTorrent, um, the dark web, um, being able to actually use more of the Internet than just um, the regular Internet, because once this stuff starts going down, you're going to have to learn how to use the dark web. Otherwise, it's not going to work good for you. Um, so I took some pictures and I just found like his summary slides here. Um on what is paradigm shift. And obviously if you go to his YouTube video, if you can put on your, you know, big kid britches and, you know, go through with Mark and uh take some of his uh interesting lingo there, um the actual the the seminar itself is pretty good. So I'm just going to quickly go off on the points here really quick. Uh, what is paradigm shift? Um, so in order to be able to go to a more free society, because, I mean, anybody with half a brain right now that actually knows anything that's going on will know that this is no longer a free society. We can say that we're free. We're in a box. We're not free. I mean, there's some freedoms, but they're slowly slipping away. And people are allowing that kind of stuff to happen. So, you know, the 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 less morality there is, the less freedom there is. So it's that um, uh, corresponding shift there that happens. So what is paradigm shift? Number one, knowledge of the occult, hidden science and spirituality. So um, all that, um, you know, when people think of, like, occult, they think of, cult, but that's not actually what it means at all. It means, you know, something that's hidden, something that's hidden from sight, stuff like that. So all these kind of backdoor spiritualities and things, and like, you know, things if you look at like the Hermetic Principles, if you look at the Kabbalah, anything like that, um, Druidry, things like that, uh, knowledge that is being held by the people at the top because they knew who they are, um, they're being, they're hiding that kind of in plain sight from people. Um... So knowledge of the occult, number two, knowing that truth and morality are objective. So natural law, um, it is objective. So what we essentially have to do, like everybody has their own perceptions of things that are happening. You know, you see different colors in a different person. You feel different things in a different person. Like your your perception of reality um, it's different than somebody else, but the ultimate goal is for us to be able to align ourselves with truth, with morality, you know, things like do no harm, so like don't commit theft, don't rape, you know, things, basic common sense things that we teach our kids, you know, be able to hold ourselves to them instead of teach your kids how to do good things, and when they grow up, it's like, well, it's a dog-eat-dog world, gotta do what you do to get by, that's not how it works. If we teach our kids these things and we actually exercise them as adults um, through our perceptions, uh, aligning them with uh, natural law and, you know, ultimately truth and, you know, morality, um, 
what is the, our our view of it is subjective. Truth and morality are objective. Point number three, knowing the characteristics of the higher self. Number four, knowing that physical and spiritual aspects of a reality do not supersede each other. There's no balance anymore. Um, unfortunately, and Mark goes into quite a lot of this in his seminars, his podcasts and stuff. We have imbalances in the brain. We have left brain imbalances. We have right brain imbalances. We have, you know, people who think that there is no place for spirituality in the reality, and then there are people who are only spiritual, and they just seem to think that reality does not, um, you know, physical reality doesn't exist. Um, they must be in balance. They must be in balance because everything is made of energy. Everything is made of consciousness, but reality is still existing. You put your hand on the fire, you're going to get burnt. Um, you know, it, it's pretty basic, straightforward. But you don't want to be so wicky-wacky that you'd seem to think, well, if I put my hand in the fire, the fire no longer exists, or, you know, so wicky-wacky to the other side, thinking that there is no spiritual aspects of fire. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. It's it's There's there's no balance anymore, and that's something that we need to learn um, in order to bring things back to natural law. So release, uh, number five, release from ego identification. Um, number six, exercise of true discernment and judgment. Number seven, becoming mentally free of all false religions. And that includes things like money and government. Government is mind control. Money in itself is a religion. Um, you can argue that all you want. Even the the, the etymology of religion We'll go find that for you guys really quick. Mark's got all this stuff, like, flat out. i got to start learning this stuff, too. Here we go. We're going to hit up Google, and we're doing this real-time over audio for you guys. Boop. Online Etymology Dictionary. Go up for this, folks. This computer is a little slow. Oh, religion. There we go. Uh, there we go. Anyway, you guys can look that up yourselves. Just go to etymology.com or etymology or etymonline, E-T-Y-M-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. This computer is taking too slow, and I've already wasted enough time. Um, do, 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 understanding that knowledge is never negative, and I'm going to be topping, uh, touching a lot on that right away here about the whole thing of triggering Um as Mark says, information is not negative. It's it's a good thing to learn. It's a good it's it's a positive thing to learn. No more than you did before. Um, it's really how you take it. That's negative or positive. But anytime we can learn something something new, that that's considered positive because we know more than we did before. <clears throat> Even if it's heavy stuff. 
knowledge, number nine, knowledge of the current human condition is slavery and the causal factors that have led to this condition. Number ten, understanding and living in harmony with natural law. And you can check out his natural law seminar online. Uh, he also has it on whatonearthishappening.com. It's like nine hours long. Strongly recommend that you all tap into that and get watching. Uh, it will change your mind. It will change your life. So knowing and living both pillars of enlightenment. So he goes into the female, the masculine, and the feminine. Uh, the feminine pillar being, you know, not wanting to cause harm and the masculine pillar of, you know, uh, self-defense if that happens. Uh, knowing the, that authority is morally illegitimate and that all government is slavery. Uh, number 13, recognize recognition of free will and personal, free will and personal responsibility. Uh, number 14, knowing that negative emotions serve a critical purpose. So negative emotions such as, you know, sadness, anger, things like that, uh, we can't completely negate them from our existence because we are human and we are going to experience them. And the more you push them away, the more you, you know, screw up the human existence. Uh, number 15, knowing that enlightenment is not about pursuing personal bliss while being surrounded by suffering. Uh, number 16, knowing what true forgiveness means. Number 17, the difference should, the difference between what cannot be changed and what should be changed. Uh, number 18, caring enough to take action to create real world change. And that's not just sitting around praying and hoping something's going to happen. That means get off your ass and actually go do something about it. Um, if there's homeless people, feed them. If there's somebody being immoral, like, call them on their shit. Like, you know, if somebody's attacking you, use some self-defense. Like, stop allowing things to happen and then make excuses for them. That goes back to the whole, you know, taking personal responsibility and free will. Everybody has free will. Everybody can has the right, the chance to do something right or wrong. And if somebody's doing wrong, you put a stop to it. That's not okay. Morality. <clears throat> Uh, 19, knowing that enlightenment includes influencing others in, or to improve themselves. And number 20, knowing that enlightenment does not require or does not equate to perfection. We will never be perfect, but if you don't even try, how are you ever going to get anywhere? How are you ever going to get anywhere? That's the problem. Is a lot of people don't even bother trying is because, you know, they feel like, well, it's too big of a task. Yeah, but you got to take baby steps. That's what this whole lifetime is about. And that's what I've been studying a lot in, like, Druidry and stuff, interesting enough, lately. And uh, talking about circles, um, talking about, um, you know, like, cyclical um, experiences and information. Because we are a conscious being, a conscious spiritual being having a physical um, experience. So... I mean, what you want to believe, what you don't want to believe, it's up to you. Um, but it's really interesting that, you know, in Druidry, you know, they believe that you have a consciousness and you come here and you come here to learn a lesson. You come here to experience, you know, a physical reality and learn a lesson. And then you go back and then, well, you come here and you do it again. And there's a lot of information, like, 
you know, on ancestors and stuff, I've been listening to a podcast called uh, Medicine Stories, and it was a really interesting podcast. I'll find it for you guys here. One sec. Um, podcasts here. Um, <laughs> Decolonizing the mind, your brain, or you belong to your ancestors. Now, that one was really, really interesting in that, you know, you come here and you have a purpose when you come here and you have free will to choose whether or not you come here to serve that purpose or you don't serve that purpose and you follow other purposes and then when you die you know you go back and then you are judged whether or not you came here to serve that purpose and you whether you're not you know you found that purpose and you were able to fulfill your purpose and then move on to the next step um or if you have to go back and try again. And, and like, there's a lot of really interesting uh, stuff. It was from Tamara Cosette. Um, you know, she uh, she talks about how she has so much healing when it comes to um, her ancestors and coming here to bridge the gap and to heal and to, you know, bring those ancestors um, together. And how, like, we really kind of aren't where we are. See, this is what's so interesting about all of this to me so far. Is it's like we're here, we're an individual, but we're part of a collective consciousness. We're all connected. We're all connected from the past. We're all connected from the future. We're all connected together. You know, but we're in individual bodies. And we have, like, semi-individual thinking. Like, we have free will. And we can do whatever we want, but really we're not that original. And everything is kind of like the same but it's not the same it's like separate experiences it's like when i was talking to damn the bard uh dave last week um and he was talking about and i asked him a question like you know like we were talking about him you know like how how are you not nervous in this when he goes out to play and he's like well you know sometimes you know the knees buckle a little bit but like when you go out you know when he says he goes out on that stage like it's not so scary because it's a collective consciousness that you're performing for. You're all connected. You're all the same being. But you're in individual bodies. And, like, that really kind of blew my mind, that we are all one, but at the same time we're not. So that was really interesting. Forgive me. I'm a little tired today. There's been a lot going on on the farm lately. But I really like this book. And I recommend um, people check it out. Um, even on the back, it says, like, Druid Circles and Stones, Tractors and Stars, The Secrets of Druid Tree and Animal Lore. Like, this stuff, uh, some of the stuff this book explores. Relationship between Druidry and Wicca. Because Ross Nichols and um, Gerald Gardner, they were actually friends. So this is really interesting stuff. Um... All of that interesting stuff. We'll go over this in a minute here. But I do want to talk about uh, one of the talking ones I really just want to touch on today because, honestly, it's kind of, um, it kind of bugs me. And at the same time, it kind of pisses me off, too. But at least I, I, kind, of have a, I kind of have an understanding of it. And I want to be respectful of it. But at the same time, it's still frustrating. So 
over the last year or so, I have heard a lot about trigger warnings. Now, I'm in quite a few Facebook groups, and of course, I try to obey by the rules. You, you, you're in a Facebook, you're in somebody else's space. Somebody has created the space and allowed people to come in, um, come in and just generally follow the rules of the space. Like, I mean, even if you think the rules are really fucking stupid, it's somebody else's space. If you don't like it, go start your own space. But anyway, um, I found a lot of groups that I've joined over this last year have things like trigger warnings. And before you make your post, um, you have to make, you know, a trigger warning that it contains some sort of content. So if somebody, if it elicits some sort of emotional response um, from an individual that they find uncomfortable, um, they can choose whether to engage in it or they can choose to ignore it and go past it. Now, I really don't like that. I don't like that at all. And I'm going to tell you guys why. I find that it is not good for character, for soul, for growth, for our purpose, for the human experience, to completely avoid certain emotions over certain um, topics or subjects because one experiences trauma in one's life. Now, I'm not saying you need to go ahead and you need to experience all the traumas and you need to, like, you know, fuck your shit up real good and, like, you know, say you've done it all. I mean, it's, it, let, let's be real here that, yes, some traumas um, out there, I mean, everyone experiences trauma differently. Everybody experiences trauma differently because we all have um, different backgrounds, different upbringings, different, you know, everything is different. Um, in this physical reality um, that our, our, our consciousness is exposed to. So it's not to say that one individual's experience is not as valid as another one's simply because of the situation they were in. Okay. Everybody's experiences are valid. So I'm going to get that out of the way going in. And I'm also going to say, you know, it's it's okay... It's okay if you can't deal with something at this time. You know, if something just ha- like if you just lost um, a family member, if you just lost a job, if you just witnessed something traumatic, or, you know, army men when they go to fucking war and they deal with that stuff, or anything like that. Um, sometimes things are just too painful to look at at one time. Um, and that's okay. That's okay to recognize that at this time you're not ready to deal with that. Okay. So I'm, again, I'm not. I'm not going to say that um, all circumstances are the same, or all experiences are the same. Or, you know, anything like, like we We may be part of, like, a collective consciousness, but our experiences and how we deal with those experiences are different amongst everybody. Um, but I'm just sharing, you know, why I don't like it. Um, I find, you know, especially... 
especially with a lot of, you know, this peaceful parenting and um, a lot of this hiding from trauma and stuff and a disconnection from spirituality is really setting a lot of people up to fail emotionally because they aren't wanting to go through and experience the emotions so that they can come out the other side and, you know, really sit down and sit with themselves and sit with their experiences and work out why. You know, why did this happen? Why did that happen? You know, like, how, what can I gain from this? You know, what can I lose from this? You know, it's like, They don't want to feel these uncomfortable feelings because these uncomfortable feelings have been deemed as bad. And our society does not allow for bad or not being able to function well because it's all part of a machine. And that machine just has to keep on rolling and keep on rolling. Like, for example, um, when I was in university, we talked about sociology, health, and illness. We talked extensively about, you know, health or, like, you know, disease versus illness, how disease is, like, something that can generally, for the most part, um, be treated or, you know, fixed or something like that versus illness which is something that is generally not as well described. So, for example, um, let's take something like cancer, okay? Uh, I mean, obviously, the disease is cancer, but it's more than just cancer. With the, the physical reality and the experience of cancer, like, you're ill, you know you're ill. Your body is physically ill, but oftentimes, like, your mind and your soul and stuff, everything is just ill. And you're expected to put on this face and be this happy little cancer patient that's, you know, oh, we're happy, we're plowing through, we're getting our chemo, blah, blah, blah. But people don't want to experience the other side of things because that's not portrayed in the media as being a good patient. You know, and it's really upsetting when cancer patients are silenced. Um, they're not allowed to share because people don't want to deal with that because it might be triggering to them. So it shuts them down. Or, you know, there's like chronic illness is booming right now. There are so many people out there with chronic illnesses and a lot of these illnesses were once like, you know, like a like a myth, a fairy tale, and now suddenly hundreds of thousands of people are getting them. You know, the disease is, you know, the illness, like the disease is, you know, something like lupus or fibromyalgia or all these other fucking, you know, diseases out there, but it's dealing with the illness, and you're expected, you know, to take some pills and keep moving on with your day. You're expected to, you know take your therapies and your pills and stuff and you go and, you know, you work your nine-to-five job and you better not be complaining and, well, if you're sick, well, you know, we'll just find somebody else, yada, yada. 
it's that health versus, you know, that, that disease versus illness. And it's like, hmm, I figure out where I got lost here. I'm on a rant. I can't even think. Anyway, um, going back to, like, you know, triggering, you have to go through and sit with, you know, these negative emotions or what we call negative emotions and um, negative experiences and stuff to be able to work through them. And I was just saying, you know, with this this peaceful parenting, like we're really we're really blocking ourselves from feeling. That's that's where I came to this. Um, with the the working, um, you're expected to be able to process your stuff or ignore it and be able to do it in a timely fashion. And you're not allowed to do things like get angry or get sad or any of that kind of stuff because that's not seen as socially acceptable. Unless, of course, you're protesting against Trump or something, in which case if you're wearing a pussy hat and with your your little, you know, um, flag, then that's acceptable. Um, But I find a lot of this also comes from society's inability to hold space. Because we all figure that we need to fix it. We all figure that, well, we don't know what the right things to say. And as I spoke to, you know, Beverly last week, um, when she was sharing things, you know, her, her experiences and abilities, you know, like this, her studies in holding space and stuff, just, just what people need when they go through a traumatic event is generally just somebody to just be there not be awkward, not try and fix it, not try to offer words. Just, just, I just need to cry and I just need you to be there for me. Hug me, hold me, make me some tea, make me something to eat. I just need to explore the darkness. And if you go to um, Birth, Breath, and Death and you take that course, um, they talk a lot about exploring the darkness. Let's explore the darkness together you know let 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 me help you by going with you and allowing you to experience what you need to experience in order for you to find healing if you keep ignoring these things all the time and maybe you're just not ready right now and that's okay you you're not going to find any healing by being forced into finding healing you have to do these on your own in your own time, with your own understanding, you know, you have to find these things. And I mean, it's bonus if you try and align, you know, your perception and healing and understanding with that of truth. Uh, Everything just works so much better. But to have to to have to throw up trigger warnings so that somebody is not like you being responsible for somebody else's um emotions i find that to be really fucking silly i'm sorry but i think that's really fucking silly 
because I'm in control of my own emotions. And I don't expect other people to have to pussyfoot around me. If I go through some sort of traumatic experience, um, if I'm not comfortable with what's going on, I will remove myself from a conversation. I will remove myself from a situation. I will not expect others um, to cater to me because of something that I've got going through, I've, I've got, you know, going on right now. Um I think that's really silly. Nobody is responsible for your emotions except for you. And if you're not able to control yourself or at the very least remove yourself, um, then we've got a problem. Constantly hiding from your own emotions so that you can avoid going through and working through it means that you're not going to find healing. And if you find any sort of healing, it's going to be some sort of pseudo-healing. That's a facade for what really is healing. And healing can take years. It can take a whole, like, years or maybe even a whole lifetime. Um, and again, as I said before, I'm not saying, you know, if you're not ready for it, that's okay. But at some point, you're going to have to be ready for it or else it will eat you alive. It will eat you alive. And it will cause you to <laughs> become dysfunctional in so many ways. And you're not going to enjoy that. You're really not. I mean, take, for example, my dog died about a month ago. And once in a while, you know, like I'll look at something that will remind me of her and I'll be kind of sad or, you know, something will kind of spark up and I'll I'll get a few tears in my eyes. But I'm not going to ask everybody on Facebook or all of my friends to put trigger warnings on their on their photos or like make a post and tell me there's a trigger warning of a photo of their dog in the comments section because I cannot deal with my dog dying or something like that. It's really fucking silly expecting other people to censor themselves for my benefit when I'm the one having the experience. But it's also really fucking silly for them to deny that I'm having an experience or expect me to just kind of ignore it or ship up and, or, you know, like things like that. It's like, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty aware individual. I tend to know what I need when it comes to things like, you know, loss or change or any of that kind of stuff. And the biggest thing I just ask of people when I'm going through something is simply like, Patience, don't fucking say nothing to me because I know what is to be said. You know, if, if I mean, I had my, my friend and it just made all the difference for me. She's able to reach out and, you know, talk to people on the other side. And she was able to reach out. And you can think this is quacked as you want. Trust me, but I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Um, she was able to reach out to the other side and she was able to, you know, have a chat with my dog. And that brought me a lot of peace, knowing that, you know, there is that other side. Because I already knew there was that other side. But having somebody be able to help me um, with that experience and just know that, you know what, things are okay and it sucks that she's gone, but 
you know, it is that cycle of death and rebirth. And at some point, I will see her again. And then, hell, maybe we'll come back to the planet together if I haven't learned all of my lessons. Um, or maybe if I screw up and I don't do the lesson I'm supposed to, maybe we'll come back and we'll chill out again together. We, I don't know. We will see. We will see. <clears throat> but it was really hard for a little while having to explore those emotions, having to... Whew, I'm getting all teary here. Having to sit with her while she died. Um, you know, my, my dog, my, my two dogs and I, she... I sat with Sophie. I mean, I was sitting with Bailey um, while she died. Well, Sophie, well, Sophie was in the kitchen, and then while Bailey was dying, um, Sophie came flying out of the kitchen, and uh, she came and sat with us. So... She had cancer, and I didn't catch it soon enough, and I blame myself for ignoring, and that's a lesson that I learned. They can't just ignore things. Gotta, gotta get on hopping on things, because if your intuition is screaming at you, listen to it. If something is telling you something is not right here, it's probably right. It's I call that, you know, that, that gut feeling. When you get that gut feeling that something's not right, and then it turns out you were right and you didn't listen to it. Yeah, I get that. I get that quite a bit now. And I'm learning how to listen to that intuition. I'm learning how to listen to that gut feeling. But she was doing really well and I wasn't able to get the stuff in time. Even though I knew deep down I should have got it before, I pushed it off and then it was too late. And then, yeah, she was going downhill and going downhill. And deep down I knew she was going to die soon. So, um,. I did give her the permission to go. I did give her the permission to go. I did, you know, sit down with my dog and I told her, like, listen, you've been with me for, fuck what, eight years? I think it was eight years? Oh, I'm going to cry. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, I've been with her for, like, eight years and I did let her know that um, if she did want to stay, I would do anything possible. To make her healthy and things would be good again for, you know, as long as she was living. But if she wanted to go, that was okay. And then I wasn't going to, you know, force her to stay anymore. Because she was holding on for me and I knew she was. And that night she decided to go. And it's hard to think of sometimes. It really is. Sometimes I can tell this story and I'm just smiles and happies and right now I'm just kind of cheering up a little bit because it's hard it's hard knowing she's not here anymore but it's okay and it's good because you know we went somewhere else she came here we had our our times together our good times or bad times it was great um there's a lot of things I wish I could have done different but it is what it is oh my god my jaw is so heavy whew but regardless, I don't want to completely um, not explore those feelings, not explore the feelings of anger and not explore the feelings of sadness and envy or anything like that. I don't want to not explore those feelings because the more you explore them, the more you get to know yourself. And that's the biggest thing when it comes to um, occulted information, freeing yourself from slavery, um, being able to step outside the system. 
And being able to help others is to know thyself, to know oneself, to know who you are, to know what you are, to know everything about you at this current time in this physical experience, in this spiritual reality. The more you know about you, the healthier and happier you are. And that's not by putting all these labels on yourself, like, oh, I'm this, I do this, you know, like, here's here's me, known as Sam, I'm sovereign, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a researcher, I'm a budding midwife, I'm a doula, I'm, L- like, I, I'm agendered, I'm asexual, I'm all these things. But it's like, but does that really matter, though? Does that really matter? The more labels you put on yourself, the more boxes you put on yourself, and when it comes down to it, when you are just energy and consciousness, you know, your consciousness having a physical experience to further yourself in a spiritual, you know, enlightenment, it's like all those labels, they really don't matter in the end. And the more you hold on to them, the more you put yourself in a box. And the sadder you're going to be because you're always going to be looking for that something new. And really, nothing is really new. Nothing is really new. It's like, you know, even in this this Druid Mysteries, it's really interesting talking about the collective consciousness and how, like, you know, so many ancient societies use the same symbolism, use the same concepts, use the same um, practices. Like, you know, they have similar cultures. They have all these things. And is it is it because they all came from one thing or is it because we all come from one collective consciousness? You know, it's like everybody's looking to be new, unique, and all these things, but it's like, but really, are we are we that unique, though? Are we that, you know? Yes, we're special. We're definitely special. Don't get that wrong. My genetics are different than somebody else's genetics. My body is different than somebody else's body. Our fingerprints, for example, there's no two fingerprints ever alike, ever. So there is some individuality and some uniqueness to us. And, like... But really, we're not that unique at all, which is the cool thing. We are, but we aren't. We are, but we aren't. And it's like the coolest thing, learning about these things and finding balance and being able to explore, you know, our experiences um, for both the good and the bad and all that fun stuff to be able to further, you know, ourselves in this in this lifetime. But I just think, Trigger warnings are just silly, and that's why I don't do them. And I know it seems as though it's not sensitive. Like, if I was sitting down with somebody, you know, and they asked me not to talk about a certain subject because they're currently going through something that's really hurting them, then, yes, I will sit down. And, you know, if we're having a private coffee and I'm talking about something, and they're like, can we not, can we talk about something else because that's just, I kind of just don't want to break down in tears right now. It's like, yeah, no problem. Let's definitely talk about something. There are a million fucking things I could talk about. But being, like, out in public or, you know, anything like that is just, like, I'm not going to put trigger warnings on my Facebook or any of my Facebook groups or any other social media that I run, Instagram, Steam it, anything else, uh, TikTok, yada, yada. I'm not going to put trigger warnings to keep people comfortable. And I'm sorry if that seems like I'm a a desensitizing asshole. I really don't care. I care, but I don't care. 
because at some point, if you don't actually, like, go into the darkness and explore, you're just going to become trapped. And then people are going to be able to take advantage of you through that because they know, you know, what can hurt you and they can use that against you. And it's really sick, but that's what people do. And there's a multitude of other things that can be used as well. But... It's really good. So that's just kind of my little bit of a rant today. And uh, definitely feel free to check out Mark Passio's most recent seminar um, on Tesla Paradigm Shift. Um, he talks a lot more in-depth about that stuff than I do, but it's incredibly interesting stuff. Unbelievably interesting stuff. I strongly recommend. I mean, you got to put on your big kid britches because he kind of is not going to be... Uh, he's a little quite jagged around the edges. So if you're not ready for something like that, well, it is what it is. Um, I do want to share one more thing, and I just thought, well, this is really interesting stuff. Um, reading from the Druid Mysteries, the turning year, I really enjoy There's a little wheel here. <laughs> yes, that was really interesting. Um, learning about these different um, Druid rituals, Druid traditions, things like that. I thought these were really interesting, um, especially since I had a chat with a friend today um, talking about the family. Um, I've been thinking about, about the family and recollection a lot. Um, so starting with the wheel, you know, you have 21st of December, which is winter solstice. Um, this is conception, incarnation, inspiration, you know, uh, the birth kind of thing. And then you have, that's on December 21st, and you have Imbolc. And if you're going to forgive me if I say these weird, I have to pronounce, learn how to pronounce these properly. Uh, you have infancy, early childhood to seven years, children, um, first of February, new moon. Then you have the spring equinox. Uh, Albrand, Ewer. Late childhood, 7 to 14 years. Reception of wisdom, 21st of March. Then we have Beltane, uh, May 1st. The lovers, early month, 14 to 21 years. Beltane, um, expression. Uh, early womanhood, 20 to 30. Summer equinox, that's from June 21st. August 1st, uh, the family. Uh, old moon. Uh, what does that say here? I can't read that. Womanhood, 30 to 50, time of trial of marriage, time of marriage and divorce, Logan Sod. And then we have Autumn Equinox, Alban Elfide. Maturity, 50 to 70, Recollection, 21st of September, and then Samhain, the new year, old age to death, ancestors, that's October 31st, 31st of November 2nd. So I thought this was really interesting. Because um, right now, like, I've been spending a lot of time talking about the family and then really going back on recollection. In fact, I might even do a Facebook friend lens just because I have so many people that I've never really interacted with. And, like, I've been going over a lot, um, a lot, a lot about a lot of things and learning about this wheel. And folks can believe in it or they don't have to believe in it. It's up to you. Um 
it's just learning about, you know, the solstices, the equinoxes, and, like, how um, natural law and nature and, like, how we are part of nature. You know, as, as much as we like to think we're not, we really are. I mean, we're made up of the same shit that all of nature is basically made out of. It's just different, you know different building blocks of the same building blocks, different amounts of different building blocks, the same building blocks that make us up. And how we can really, like, you know, honor nature and just, like, honor ourselves in honoring nature and how incredible absolutely everything is. And, like, you know, pulling yourself closer to natural law, these things just mean so much because, like, our society really doesn't, it says it cares, but it really doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, it's quite um, hypocritical. I mean, for example, you look at, you know, 20, 30 years ago, not even 20 years ago, um, when society was crapping on paper, it was destroying the rainforest, destroying all the trees, blah, blah, blah. So then they switched to plastic because, well, plastic was, you know, it could last a little longer. And now we're having huge problems with plastic polluting the planet, you know, and now we're switching back to paper, but our rainforests are still screaming. We're destroying the lungs of the planet and we've already destroyed its liver. Like it's, we're fucking, we're doing some serious damage to this planet and we don't even understand, um, how bad things really are. I mean, the oceans are completely riddled with fucking radiation, and they're not saying it's as bad as it actually is, like, with the grand solar minimum coming, and it's just, everything is so bad, we've raped their, of our resources, and a lot of these resources are renewable, things like oil are renewable. It's like blood in a body. If you take blood out of the body, it will replace itself eventually. It does take time, but it'll replace itself. If you take too much at once, then you've got problems. But oil will slowly replace itself, but still, using all of these oil products, like oil-based, like petroleum-based products in our pharmaceuticals, petroleum-based products, you know, in our cars, in our in our houses, like everything, petroleum-based products have completely managed to weasel its way into absolutely everything in our lives absolutely everything and it's doing a lot of damage because there is no balance there it's either one or the other there's no balance and with this consumerism you know we always need these new things we always need these we always need that like it's just that that focus on the physical reality that's completely you know negating the spiritual one it's just it's causing such it's it's causing the human condition to be putting itself into slavery Slavery, that's exactly what it is. <clears throat> and it's not good because we're killing ourselves while we're doing it. Like, it's, if, eventually we are going to fucking kill ourselves if we don't turn around and we don't start heading the other way. The majority of society is going to die, if not all of it. Because that's also the plan of Agenda 2020 and Agenda 2030 is to depopulate. We don't have a population problem. We have, you know, a human condition problem, and the amount of humans that we have on this planet currently are doing more damage than sustaining. 
So it's not that we have too many people. We have too many fucking people doing too many bad things at one time. And it's causing problems with what we have. So what's the solution? If you have people that won't want to change, you've got to get rid of them. And it makes slavery easier because if you've got less people, it's easier to enslave them too, right? <clears throat> So, and you can go, you can check out, you know, Agenda 2020, you can check out Agenda 2030, you can check out things like Codex Elementarius, if you go to libgen.io and you check out, you type in Codex Elementarius, you can find the PDF of their book on, you know, things like that, you just do some searching, or like, ask somebody, like, it's, there's, there's so much information out there, so much information out there that we can start learning and like, you know, really start making a change in ourselves in order to start moving forward. Starting to, like, you know, do more homesteading, live more off the land, like, start, like, grow your own vegetables. You're a lot less likely to waste things that you do yourself. You know, it's easy to fucking waste free things and free services and stuff. That's why when somebody feel like, you know, if you get something for free, they say if you give something for free, people don't value it because they think it's just garbage because it's free. It can just be disposed of. Whereas if you actually make them pay they're more likely to come to your classes or do all this stuff because they know they're actually paying for it. They're actually <coughs> putting the time and effort in in order to make the money to actually be there. I mean, obviously, that's not going to be for absolutely everything, but, you know, if you actually, like, you know, put the effort in the time in to be there, you know... It's like this this socialism and this entitlement that I'm entitled to somebody else's earnings completely dehumans dehumanizes the the human and devalues the work that they do because you figure that you're entitled to it, so therefore you don't treat it as good or the individual who's producing it. You know, but it's like we actually grow your own vegetables and you actually do these things and you put the time and effort in. You're a lot less likely to waste. Because it's precious to you. You know, it's like that movie, what's it called, The Little Prince, or even the book, The Little Prince, you know, that's your rose. Your rose is special because that was your rose. You know, I'm your fox, that's why I'm special to you. There are a thousand other roses out there, but she was your rose. You put the time and effort into her. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, that's it's, we got to start turning ourselves around because it's not going to be long and there's going to be no opportunity to go back anymore. And at this point, like, it's it's kind of ending the show on a little bit of a shitty note. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's something people need to wake up and they need to realize and it's need to, something they need to stop being so triggered over. You know, like negative emotions. Well, I don't want to see that. Because that's just, it's it's eliciting negative emotions. Well, yeah, you kind of don't want to be constantly, like, roaming the internet or, like, going out of your way to, like, see these things. You know, you kind of want to balance. You have to balance the happy with the negative, you know, like, or the anger and the sadness. And, the, you know, you have to balance these things. So then you sit there, and he's like, even Mark, like, he was talking about this, like, in his seminar, he's like, you know, if we're just going to sit there and mope about, you know, the human condition... And we're just going to keep sitting there and moping over how much everything sucks. Like, we're going to get depressed. There are so many people that I talk to day in and day out. They're like, well, I'm just depressed. Like, I just, I don't even know what to do. And it's like, well, that's the, that's the problem is you can't just 
you know, stages of grief. You know, you go through these stages of grief when it comes to learning these things. And you need to process them and you need to start taking baby steps. You know, you need to start, you know, if you have, like, an apartment, grow a fucking tomato plant in a uh, container. The next year, like, grow a few containers. The year after that, like, go get a garden space in a local garden. Or, you know, in the year after that, maybe move to a farm or something. You know, like, get a bunch of people together and go, like, go buy a farm and y'all start working together. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's a progress. It's, it's a budding of information and, and experience. It doesn't all just come at once. That's one of the things I, I remember reading a blog post of a woman who said, you know, like he, in, in her blog that I was like, okay, when you're talking about homesteading, like start one thing at a time. You're not going to move on a farm and that year you're going to have like a massive garden. You're not going to do all the canning. You're not going to have like, you know, 10 goats and sheep and cows and pigs and chickens and all this stuff. You need to start one thing at a time. Baby steps. This year, I'm going to start with a garden and a goat. Next year, I'm going to get, like, a cow and then extend the garden. The year after, you know, things like that. It's just, you need to start small and you need to move up. You need to move big words and you need to move outwards. But that's the same for absolutely everything. (sighs) Because we kind of expect that instant gratification that comes along with the, the machine work society. Even if everything from health to experiences, anything. Like, you want it, and you want it now. You want to experience it now. You want all this stuff now. You want to be at the end of the book now. You only want to be able to read seven seconds of this video because any much longer, it's not worth it. You know, you want you want to read memes instead of books because it's instant gratification. You know, things like that. You want to be able to take this pill for the headache, and the headache is going to go away, and then everything is going to be happy-deppy because, well, that's the way it goes. It's not how it works dry in this room right now. Holy smokes, that's not how it works. Everything takes progression, everything takes time. That's the way it goes. But our society does not allow for time and for progression or any of that stuff. And it's really, really frustrating. Because we know we need more time. But we're not willing to give it because we're so squeezed for time as is because, you know, of slavery and things like money. So the more we start getting rid of these systems, the more we become enlightened, the more we start, you know, researching into a cult, researching into ourselves, researching into everything. The less we're going to need to have to actually rely and lean on the system in order to get us by, and the happier we're going to be, and we're going to start turning these things around. <clears throat> but yes, I think that's where I'm going to end for today. And um, I will get these links up if you're listening to this. This was on TalkShoe, and I will be uploading it to Blog Talk um, because Blog Talk was not working for me today. Usually I'm over there. But I hope to hear from you guys again, and you guys can check me out on Against the Grain on www.freedomizerradio.com. Feel free to pop in. My shows are, my show times are usually 4.30, or yes, 4.30 PST to 6. So about an hour and a half of me gabbing, and it's live, so you guys can always pop in, call in, you know, type on the chat box, all that fun stuff. And I will see you guys Again, next time, have a very happy Wednesday. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.